This is Lancaster, global research tales from the north of England. COVID-19 is not the first and last pandemic because there are many diseases at the verge of spillover. They can come and infect a human population. Therefore, we will be expecting um, future pandemics. But that raises one of the important opportunities for the future researchers to come and learn about the infectious diseases because if we are fully prepared, fully equipped how to tackle these infections, if and when these infections come, we will be in the best position to handle them. My name is Mohammed Munir and I'm a professor of virology and viral diseases at the Lancaster University. I grew up in a very rural area where livestock was an integral part of the society. And uh, it was very often that when I see animals are dying and uh, dead animals are really posing quite a significant impact for the livelihood of that family. And uh, moving on, I started realizing that majority of the time is the infectious diseases that cause the problem in these animals. Majority of the times in a village, um, the whole of the family is relying on to the um, income coming from uh, a single animal. And if that animal dies, that certainly have a, a lot of impact on to the livelihood of that family. And also these animals were very expensive. It's not very easy to uh, surplus them again. Um, um, and uh, th this pose very uh, big risk for the um, for the survivability of that particular family and therefore understanding what was happening behind uh, the scene what what was really the the driver of these uh, mortalities and death in these animals was really a very obvious thing for um, any person who wanted to solve and uh, propose the solution for these infections so you wanted to make a difference um, at that time, I made the decision that um, I need to understand why these animals are dying and uh, the mechanism and the, the, the rationale behind why these viruses do cause so uh, much impact onto these animals. When I started studying uh, these diseases in my um, undergrad degree, um, I noticed that not only that these diseases are important for the livestock, but these diseases do spread uh, from animal to the human and pose a very big challenge for the public health. And that is how I ended up in uh, studying these infectious diseases at the interface of animal and the human livelihood. In the beginning of 2018, uh, when we started working on setting up these uh, infrastructure, that really helped us to support the preparedness for the COVID-19 when it hit in 2020. Uh, there were two major uh, advantages that I felt. One was, of course, the infrastructure that we have at the Lancaster University to support the kind of research that we wanted to do, but also my previous training on coronaviruses, because the coronaviruses are very common in animals. So they cause uh, disease in poultry, they cause disease in uh, cattle quite uh, frequently throughout the year and every year um, almost in disease endemic countries. For example, one of the coronaviruses called infectious bronchitis virus, um, that is uh, still uh, one of the major problems in the UK. So I've been studying these coronaviruses for a really long time and my first publication on coronavirus was back in 2010 when we characterized and isolated one of the virus from bats in Amazonian region um, in, in Brazil. So we have a, a range of expertise from diagnostics uh, on developing vaccines because I developed vaccine for uh, coronaviruses in animal. So when COVID-19 hit, that really put us in a really good position because we have the knowledge, we have the infrastructure, and then we have the support from the institution, from Lancaster University to embark on to those um, challenges. Those were really threatening the humanity. I would say that those were the key reasons that we became very successful in um, offering solution to end this pandemic to some level. 
Uh, since we have learned that the coronavirus spread through nose and mouth, I think the obvious reason was to really establish the immunity uh, as a god to nose and the mouth so that when the virus get the chance to enter into the human population, that would be providing enough of the barrier so that the virus doesn't get into the human uh, body. And if the virus doesn't get into the human body, that is really the way to protect it. That was one of the reasons that we started working on uh, nasal vaccine. And also uh, really learning from the flu mist, which is a vaccine that is being given in children for influenza. The rationale behind that vaccine is exactly the same to uh, stop the um, transmission. Because until we don't really stop the transmission of the virus, it's almost impossible to control the disease and eradicate the disease from this planet. So therefore, the current vaccines are doing a brilliant job. But the next stage vaccine, the next generation of vaccines are really working around the mucosal vaccine. And one of the way we can establish the mucosal immunity, that is through the nasal vaccine. I think one of the astonishing features of this coronavirus appeared to be very high level of evolution. We work with other coronaviruses of animal origin, but we don't really see that level of evolution. And I think that is partly contributed by um, a mix of population with have immunity or not having the immunity, allowing the virus to spread within the community at a larger scale, and therefore acquiring the mutation that can escape the immunity raised by the previous vaccine. So that put us on a very difficult position in the sense that we have to be very quickly modifying the vaccine and then scale it up and then deploy into the population before the new variants come in. And that is a logistical nightmare because we can probably do it at a small scale of countries, for example, within Europe or within America. But when we talk about um, infrastructure poor countries, for, for example, in Africa, Southeast Asia and in South America, deploying vaccine in a shorter time is not really sustainable. So therefore, what we need to look into looking, uh, moving forward is really to develop two kinds of vaccines. One is the vaccine that can be uh, easily produced and can be scaled up relatively quickly and economically and distributed so that the technology can be transferred to those countries where these are needed. The second uh, approach is to make a pan-coronavirus vaccine, the, the vaccine that could be effective against any variant of uh, future origin. So those vaccines are in the uh, stage of development and some of the researchers are working. However, I think the success of those vaccines is really um, in the far future. But once we have that kind of approaches with the broad immunity providing vaccines with a pan-coronavirus vaccine and then that can be uh, deployed into the population at a larger scale in relatively shorter time, that is the way we will have a control on this pandemic. But the way we are uh, deploying the vaccine now is probably not sustainable because we can't really vaccinate the whole population, the whole world every four months. Um, it can't be sustained. I think one of the things we definitely need to do is to uh, stop the spillover. Uh, when I say spillover, I mean when viruses jump from animal to the human. Because without stopping the spillover, we are not de-risking or reducing the possibility of the future pandemics. Just to put into the context, we have around 253 viruses that are currently circulating into the animal population that can jump into the human. We have Hendra, we have Ebola, we have Marburg, we have HIV, and many other variants of similar uh, virus families that have the potential to come over. For example, Hendra virus, it has a killing rate of around 50-60% uh, and can go up to 100%. So the, the overall potential of these viruses to come from animal to the human is enormous. And there are multiple factors that are promoting this uh, spillover events. 
I think one of the things that is really uh, at the forefront of discussion is really the human activities. So viruses have been circulating into the human, uh, into the wild birds, into the wild uh, population for a really long time. So that is not new. What new is that we as a human are getting very closer to the um, wildlife and to the animal population. And each time we get closer to, there is a chance for those viruses to spill over into the human. Second important factor is the trade. I mean, globalization is um, at the scale never been seen before. So any infection that would have a possibility in one part of the world is going to spread into the rest of the world relatively quickly. And we have witnessed that one with the COVID-19. And third is really the biosecurity. How much is being done currently to, to minimize this contact between human and animal? For example, one of the things that is really pushing these viruses to jump from animal to the human is really the wet market and the live animal trade. And those are really the animals that are kept very closely for a long period of time. Those are stressed, those are immunocompromised. And when viruses jump from one species to another species, they do adopt and ultimately they acquire the adaptation for the human. So until all these factors are not looked into at a global scale, preventing from the future pandemic is probably not in sight. COVID-19 is not really the last pandemic. We should expect that there will be future pandemics, again, for the main reasons of close interaction between human and animals. But that raises one possibility for the future generation is to come over and study infectious diseases and to really prepare yourself for tackling these kind of pandemics when they, if and when they happen in the future. And studying infectious diseases is really a multidisciplinary approach. It's not just being as a virologist to study viruses itself. You need to study ecology, how the, the viruses are being impacted by the uh, life around it. You need to study about the data sciences. You need to gather all that information that can change the paradigm of the disease in the future or currently being impacted. You need to study genetics, how different viruses impact a certain population but no other. So it's a, really a multidisciplinary area of research to tackle infectious diseases in future. So therefore, I urge people who have interest and who have uh, learned out of the COVID-19 um, uh, pandemic that come over and study infectious diseases. And we at the UK, we offer so many uh, different programs to prepare the future researchers so that they can effectively work on to the, the preparedness for, for the tackling this pandemic in the future. I think one of the positive outcome of the COVID-19 pandemic is that people have now realized that they need to build their local infrastructure so that they can contribute uh, to uh, the disease control strategies um, in the regional or in the local level. And uh, because of our contribution uh, from the Lancaster University into uh, handling COVID-19 pandemic and in the influenza um, outbreaks, people have been very active in inviting us to come over and talk and discuss how they can control these uh, infectious diseases at their country level. For example, um, our uh, invitation from the Egyptian government to come and uh, discuss about the possible control and uh, eradication of the rabies virus, for example, from uh, from the, uh, from the Africa. I think that is really highlighting the importance of the, the nature of the research that we do at the Lancaster University and the expertise we hold to contribute not only um, inland, but also across the globe to handle these kind of infections. I am very proud of my initial ambitions that I have uh, around infectious diseases and probably um, 
it's a, it's a right expertise at the right time um, where we have the facility, we have had resources, and we have had opportunity to work on to um, such impactful diseases such as COVID-19. Um, but beyond COVID-19, we have influenza, we have monkeypox, we have many other infectious diseases that are at the verge of causing a bigger scale pandemic. So there is no shortage of um, the concept and no shortage of the, the research that needed to be done on to understanding these diverse pathogens and how can they pose risk to the humanity. The reason that I've been working on to these viruses for the last 13 years um, is that these are a very fascinating creature that uh, hijack our own machinery, um, hijack um, the machinery of different animals, and that's how they cause the disease. And understanding those mechanisms, how they can take the control of a bigger body when these viruses cannot be seen by the naked eye themselves is, is, is a very fascinating area to explore. And not only just that these are a molecular mechanism and uh, contributing into understanding, but these contribute contribution into understanding these molecular mechanisms are actually the basis for devising better vaccines, devising better therapeutics, and, and to look for how we can timely and uh, uh, cheaply and economically identify these infections. Because if we can identify these infections at a very early stages, we can do better control on these one, and if we can do better control for each of these infections, we will reduce the impact of these diseases on to the human population and that is the reason I enjoy and I love working on these viruses on a daily basis. Thanks for listening to This is Lancaster, global research tales from the north of England. To listen to more, just search podcasts at Lancaster University.